Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, welcome for our fans to another Brew Crew Review Podcast. Um, with me today is, of course, um, Vincent Scott. How's it going, guys? Hey, Gregor. Doing great. We're taping on a great day. It's National Beer Day, and it's uh, National Brewers Win Day. And it's a fine time to be a brewer fans. As the Milwaukee Brewers are now eight and two, and have a couple game lead in the NL Central already after only ten games played. Uh, quite the great week. Uh, as a quick recap, we went up to Cincinnati for our first road trip here and swept that in three games, including a magnificent performance on the Wednesday afternoon game. Friday Peralta, um, and then the Brewers had a home, three-game home series against the Chicago Cubs, and we took two or three games, and uh, the Chicago Cubs are, I believe, now two and seven and five and a half games behind uh, year Milwaukee Brewers, um, and that feels damn good. What are you guys' thoughts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was a great, uh, great way to start the year. And you know, we already were talking about this on last Sunday, just how great of a start it was against the Cardinals. So, could have asked for a much better start if you're Brewers fan on the year so far. Yeah, Craig, I think uh, a couple episodes ago, I had mentioned that. Well, I had taken your fact and said that twenty of our twenty or twenty of our first twenty-six games are against uh, Cubs, Cardinals, and Dodgers, and. I said, with that in mind, and then the other six games are road games against the Angels and Reds. So I think with all that being said, uh, and knowing that our, our bullpen is a little bit thin, I, I thought 13 and 13 would be totally acceptable to start the year. I'd be really happy with that. And here we are at 8 and 2. It's awesome. And I think Kristen Yelich, um, who was obviously an NL MVP um, last year, I think some people thought he'd come back down there a tad bit, um, but that's not happening. Um, he's been amazing so far, um, and this week he kept it going. And what a weapon to have at the top of our lineup with Kane and Yelich. And uh, just our lineup top to bottom is going to be scary all year round. And even our, uh, there's some signs of life from Orlando Arcia too. So, um, yeah, I, I – the, the, I think the, the the young pitchers that we have in our rotation, Burns, Wood, Woodruff, and Peralta, I think this team can go as far as those three guys will kind of take us, uh, so to speak. And Josh Hader has been his unbelievable self as well. Yeah, no, Greg, you, you hit that on the head. I think that the big question right now for the team um, is going to be the bullpen, and that's a bit of a surprise, uh, considering I think that everybody thought it was going to be a huge strength, um, you know, as recently as the midway point of spring training, but these injuries have definitely taken a toll. I, I know we've seen one move already, and I'm guessing we're going to talk maybe a little bit about it down the uh, down the road here in the episode. But the Brewers did send down Taylor Williams uh, this weekend and recalled Jake Patrika, um, who was the guy that we acquired in the offseason. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are about Jake and uh, and or the move with uh, Taylor Williams here in the last day or so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Brewers are doing a great job, I guess, of uh, making sure that they have fresh bullpen arms. And 
Uh, Taylor Williams, obviously, he threw a ton of pitches uh, the night before he was sent back to AAA. And, um, you know, he, he's been roughed up a bit in, in the, the appearances that he's had. Um, he, he definitely has a stuff. I mean, he's, he's got um, – I think he was hitting 96, 97 with this fastball. Um, he just unfortunately not able to locate, um, getting a little bit too much of the plate. So he's getting roughed up a little bit. And so uh, he's going to go down and tinker with that. I'm sure it will be a very temporary thing because we're going to continue to uh, – uh, rotate those arms at the back end of that bullpen. Yeah, and, and Craig, to your point um, about the rotation, it seems like it, it seems like you know we've we've gotten kind of what we expected from Chassin. Peralta was amazing; one of his starts, and not very good. His other start, obviously, the season is young. Um, it'd be really interesting to me to see what kind of adjustments Corbin Burns makes. I mean, part of it seems like a little bit of bad luck, but he's given up a lot of home runs in his first two starts. Um, you know, I know we're all big Corbin Burns fans and we saw all the numbers that he put up in the minor leagues over the years, but what do you guys think that um, Corbin's going to have to do to, to kind of bring that ERA down a bit and, and lock down that spot in the rotation going forward? Yeah, it's a great point, Vince. Um, you know, Corbin Burns has only thrown 10 innings so far. He's already given up six home runs and he struck out, 18 people in those 10 innings. So, yeah. I mean, he's definitely getting a ton of strikeouts. Uh, but, yeah, his uh, when when he gets hit, he was getting hit pretty hard. So, um, he's definitely going to have to make a few adjustments there. Uh, he's just going to have to uh, realize that, you know, it's maybe when he was in the bullpen, obviously he'd only have to face a few hitters. He'd never face the same hitter twice. And maybe those hitters are making adjustments. Yeah, maybe maybe he's not hitting his spots quite as much. You know, it seems like some of the pitches that were called for when when he made mistakes, and, I, and I'm thinking back to the Jason Hayward at bat specifically this past weekend. Seems like he just missed his spots, and um, you know, I, I think that Corbin's a good enough pitcher where he can make adjustments, like you said, and and come back and and, and make sure that he is hitting his spots going forward. But um, you know, it's like when he's on, he's 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 really on. It's just it's uh, it's kind of like the tail of two pitchers because again, you're right, Scott. He's putting up these huge strikeout numbers. Um, his strikeout numbers compare with Max Scherzer. Uh, I, I think that they're like one and two right now uh, for innings pitched to strikeouts. But it was, um, yeah, he's obviously given up a lot of home runs. And I believe it's the first time I read that earlier today, the first time since 1999 or 2000 that a, that a pitcher, a Brewers pitcher has given up three home runs and two starts to open up the year. And the last time that was done was by J- Jason Beret. Uh, and it was either a 99 or 2000. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird right now. Tail of two pitchers. I was going to say, I'm like, whoever it is, it's probably not someone that finished the year in the rotation. <laughs> no, I think it was Bray, and I I know it was Bray, but I think it was 2000 when he ended up being traded to Cleveland for uh, Richie Zeckman, actually. <laughs> well, um, I guess we should bring this up. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of fun things to talk about. I mean, an absolutely phenomenal start to, to this season. But um, today, uh, after we're taping after Sunday's game, Josh Hader uh, had to pitch two and two-thirds innings to get the save. Um, and, and I think that every Brewer fan was like thinking to themselves, please leave him in there. Um, that says a lot about Josh Hader, but it also says a lot about the depth of our bullpen right now. Um, is there anyone in this pen right now that you trust aside from Josh Hader? 
Uh, well, I'll take that. I guess um, Hater is definitely the guy I would trust the most. I I don't know. It's it's kind of odd. Alex Wilson had a bad game a couple nights ago, but part of me wants to trust him a bit um, just because he is a guy with some experience. Um, I do trust uh, Claudio. I think that he is valuable. I don't know that he's going to be a guy that you want to throw multiple innings against both righties and lefties, though. So, you know, you've got these guys that, I again, I think that you can trust. They're kind of more for specific roles. Um, obviously, it'll be a lot better once Jeremy Jeffers comes back from his injury. It sounds like that he is on track to do that, um, you know, in the coming weeks. So let's hope that he is, you know, activated and off the disabled list soon. I, I think I heard um, he's going to be activated off or after this current road trip that the Brewers are embarking on now. So he'll be back for the next home series. I think that that was from our colleague, Tom Wadricourt. Or it might have been from somebody else who actually has the inside scoop on stuff. But um, in any event, I, I think that things will obviously settle down a little bit with, um, with with Jeffers being a part of that team on the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I think we need the good Jeffers back and back quick because um, as you see some of the other bullpens around the league, <laughs> I mean, just this week the Reds and the, and the Cubs bullpens are pretty bad, and it really feels like outside of – Canable, who we're going to be without Jeffers, who we haven't had, and Hader, who's been absolutely dominant and used as a closer uh, very effectively so far to start the season. Beyond those three guys, it's like you're, like your to answer your question, Scott. There's no, there's really no one to be trusted too much. I mean, I was hoping uh, good things from um, from Claudio, but uh, I, don't know, I, I watched him pitch today, and it's like he. He really wasn't attacking the strike zone, so to speak, even with his great changeup or whatever. And he was walking some guys, and I'm like, I, I just don't like don't like that from our bullpen guys. To be putting guys on base, obviously. So um, Alex Wilson, I do think was a good pickup, and he said, you know, has a rough patch a little bit, but he, he did uh, actually have one save also this season. But um, and like you said, Taylor Williams went down. I, he'll work on some stuff and come back probably. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think uh, some of, you know, obviously Matt Albers was in a contract with us again this year. He's someone who I don't like using key situations either. So I, I, I hopefully it all comes together because it feels like we were at this stage last year with the bullpen, and I know Knabel was injured and ineffective at it being the last season, and obviously the other guys stepped up. But um, just to kind of reiterate, what a weapon Josh Hader is. I mean, today against the Cubs, we have a – Two and a half or two and two thirds inning save. I don't think I've have you guys. I mean, obviously back in the day, if you pitched three plus innings, you got a save. Uh, I think by MLB rules, even if you were, were you know, uh, you know, and in a blowout, if you, you pitched two plus innings to end the game, I think you get credit for a save. But uh, in, in a tight game, two and two thirds inning save. I don't think I've seen that ever. Uh, no, man, it, it was. It was shocking. So I, I was out of town this weekend, and I was coming back and uh, listening to the game on Sirius Radio, and it was – I was shocked. I mean, we've seen Council use Hater, you know, in a bit different role than many guys uh, or many managers would use a bullpen arm in the past, especially last season. But, I mean, to leave him in as long as he did today was, was not only unorthodox, but I actually loved it. And I, I, the reason I loved it so much is because a guy like Hater should be pitching in these big games against your biggest rival. And right now that's the Cubs or maybe the Cardinals. So 
the fact that council is trying to win games like this in April against a division rival to me speaks a lot about um, the mentality going into this year. And I, I loved it. So yeah, I was a big fan of the move today. And, and to answer your question, no, I've never seen that. You hear stories about guys, you know, from, from, you know, 30 years ago in baseball, like Raleigh fingers getting a, a two inning save and that being more common or guys like Bruce Suter, but you really haven't seen much of that um, at all in the last, you know, 15 years, maybe even longer. So um, really, really interesting bullpen usage from council. And I think that he knows to get back to your question, Scott, that maybe these other guys are not quite fit or cut for that role. I mean, a lot of, a lot of bullpen guys were used in the last few games against the Cubs, but um, even so, I just think that maybe it just speaks to the volume of trust that, that Hader has earned in that clubhouse. And, and, and I, unfortunately, maybe some of the other guys not earning that trust yet as well. Yeah, but you got to figure it was a great birthday present for Josh Hader, who's uh, celebrating his birthday today. So, I mean, you really couldn't take him out, right? Um, he did throw 36 pitches, which, I mean, is an awful lot for a reliever. I mean, there's really no way to sugarcoat that. But, I mean, he, he has been used in – in this manner before I think he got a three inning save last year against the twins. I want to say, um, so, I mean, he's definitely not adverse to the multi inning save. And yeah, as you astutely pointed out, Raleigh fingers is the, the other reliever that comes to mind when you think about all those multi inning saves. I think another thing to remember with hater is that he spent most of his minor league uh, career actually as starting pitcher. So, you know, that he, he's done that before where he's obviously, you know, pitched a uh, high leverage situation for many, many innings, but uh, obviously it's been a while, but he obviously has the ability to go, um, but, but yeah, it probably makes him unavailable for the next day or so because of how many pitches he threw. But um, I mean, talking about other amazing feats, uh, not only have I not seen the two and two thirds innings save uh, in, a, in a tight game like that against the division rival, but um, already this year, another thing I haven't seen, and that's uh, a nine pitch save, uh, three strikeouts, um, all on fastballs, um, pretty, pretty incredible. So what a weapon Josh Hader has. And I, well, I want to yeah. thank the Mets once, uh, I want to thank the Mets once again for, uh, nixing that deal when we trade, uh, Carlos Gomez yeah. to them. And instead, uh, we were able to get, uh, Josh Hader into our organization. Wow. What, what a trade. Yeah, no kidding. And let's uh, let's also point out the fact that yes, the season is very young, but we our interns put it up on social media um, earlier today for his birthday. But he is currently, after today's game, he has uh, pitched in six games, and his ERA is still zero point zero zero in six appearances. Unbelievable. I mean, he was the relief pitcher of the year last year, and to me, he's. <laughs> The, one of the the biggest relief weapons I've ever seen um, is like just unbelievable. Not just on the Brewers. I, I mean, I think he's hands down, uh, you know, uh, the best Brewer reliever that we've ever had. Uh, period. Uh, but anyway, so enough about his accolades. Um, I think the win against the, the Cubs uh, was a big one. I think if we would have lost that, I mean, it's early. Obviously, everyone says it's early, but the fact that we're able to maintain already a five-and-a-half game cushion over the Cubs in the division uh, is pretty nice. And I think that a loss today would have kind of given the momentum back a little bit. And the, the, their beginning of their season is just pretty horrific. They've only won two games. They won the first game of the season, and then they won yesterday, and that's it. I mean um, – but the other thing to keep in mind that was pretty amazing feat by the Brewers themselves is the fact that 
they gave up their pitchers this three game series against the Cubs at Miller Park gave up 26 runs and they somehow won the series. So that's pretty incredible um, in and of itself. Yeah. So that that speaks to just how bad the Cubs pitching, especially their bullpen is, and how good the Brewers lineup is, I think, too. So uh, I think it's still going to be a long season of battle for Al Central, but I'm convinced already after 10 games the Brewers are a far superior team to anyone else in the NL Central, especially over the Cubs. Well, one of the one of the benefits too, Craig, like you pointed out, with so many games against the NL Central, the first you know four or five weeks of the season, is that you really can create a little bit of distance, you know. And and by the by the flip side of that, you're also talking about with the Cubs starting off the year slow, um, they're creating a bit harder of a of a, a number of games to surmount later on in the year. So the Cubs are, you know, they're they're still a good team. You certainly can't overlook them. Their offense is really good. Um, still some question marks, you know, surrounding their pitching staff, but can't take them lightly, but I love the fact that they're getting buried in the central because all these games that they're losing against division opponents uh, and, and how the Brewers are able to build up a cushion by beating on teams in the division like Chicago, like Cincinnati, like St. Louis. It's, it's, it's working to our advantage right now. And, you know, if we're coming out of the gate hot and uh, able to, to keep building that division lead, it's, 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 it's pretty awesome for us because right now the Brewers actually have the biggest division lead in baseball. Um, and, and again, we're only what ten games into the year, so yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and, and I will admit, after the Friday uh, when I was pretty excited, and I happened to check uh, in on a <laughs> Cubs blog, and I, uh, one of the posts on the Cubs blog had made this comment, which gave me great pleasure, and that was, "Why does it feel like our season's over? We haven't even had our season, our home opener yet." <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Because I think the, the Cubs, the Cubs have just got the gate terribly, and and I think that they could with a little bit, you know, if they don't fix their bullpen, they're they're in big trouble, I think. Yeah, and they've got a lot of start, yeah, they've got a lot of money invested in guys like you, Darvish, and uh, you know, some of us wanted the Brewers to sign him uh, the off season before the 2018 season, but you know, with injuries and ineffectiveness, proven to be kind of a godsend that the Brewers didn't pony up the kind of money that the Cubs did for a guy like Darvish, and. um they, they've got a ton of rotation questions. I, I, like I said, I do think that their offense is going to be good. Certainly can't be overlooked, but um, at the same time, yeah, can't could not have started much better for the Brewers this this uh, season here in 2019. And, and it just came to think how much better we'd be if, uh, if Corey Canable didn't unfortunately come down with the injury that's going to cost them the entire season and possibly a little bit of next. Um, but, uh, cause I mean, he was such a dominant weapon last September. I think I looked at his stats in like 16 innings pitch last, uh, September, he didn't give up like any runs and had like 33 strikeouts or something ridiculous like that. Um, so I know that he had some struggles at the beginning of last year, but he was awesome down the stretch and even in the playoffs and to be missing that arm. I mean, I think that the, there's been enough time. A couple of weeks have passed now since, uh, you know, there are rumors out that the Brewers would be after Craig Kimbrell. Um, he's still out there, though. And, um, you know, he would still be a very nice addition looking at some of these other guys that were throwing out there considering putting in, a, you know, key situations. Um, it would sure be nice to have uh, Kimbrell out there, um, even, if, even with Jeffers coming back. But I guess that's just me, of course. Yeah, no, um, and we talked we talked about that a little bit last week on our podcast, Craig. I know that you were still uh, recovering from your your opening day party or whatever uh, issue yeah. was going on, but I I, <laughs> I I 
I wonder if Craig Kimball's price now is coming down a little bit or if it's going up. It seems, you know, really see that they do have a need at the bullpen. What do you guys think about, you know, Kimball's uh, asking price? Is he still going to be looking for, you know, some were talking as long as he, that he was going to hold out for a five-year deal. I really think that's unrealistic, but is he still hoping for a three-year deal at this point? Or do you guys think he might settle for a one-year, um, you know, maybe higher average annual value type of contract uh, at this point, you know, 10 games into the season already? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I mean, I, I would think that um, if he had, obviously if he had multi-year deals out there, I mean, he, he hasn't taken anything yet, of course. Uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to the, you know, to the Brewers looking at something like that for the right price, but obviously he's priced himself out of the market because nobody's willing to take a flyer on him. I mean, there's just no way he's getting more in two years right now because any team willing to do that would have done it already, for one. And if, if someone all of a sudden just says, all right, we were desperate, we're going to do it, even out of desperation, you're betting against yourself because if someone else offered more than two years, you would have already taken it, almost regardless of selling. So he's getting two years max, most likely a one-year cushion thing. I think it's just what, whatever strategy him and his agent have up their sleeves now that works out best financially. He most likely, with kind of a weakening uh, free agent class now for next year, he might be better off just taking a pillow contract and hitting the free agent market again next year, not, you know, uh, but I, I think at the very minimum, uh, you know, he could, I, I mean, I would say probably sign a one-year deal with like a, an option or something like that, but beyond that, there's just no way he's getting beyond three years at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that he's still sitting out there, and I I think most of us, or at least I, certainly expected that, yeah, you can go and, and miss the start of spring training and, and still be fine, and I expect him to sign maybe somewhere around the halfway point uh, of spring training, but to have him still out there 10 plus games into the year to me is just mind boggling. I mean, he's still one of the best relievers in baseball. This is a guy who's probably a future hall of famer. Um, He would make any team's bullpen better. Um, It's just, it's, it's bizarre that he's still a free agent at this point. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, obviously when you look at um, everything that haters done for this bullpen, our, our, Bullpen ERA is still at like 5.4 or something like that. Um, and, and I guess that really goes to show like that we could definitely use a little bit of that bullpen help, but it's nothing compared to the Cubs. Uh, their bullpen ERA right now is like nine and a half. It's something ridiculous. I believe it's the absolute worst in the league. I mean, they've been atrocious. I mean, right now, if you took Josh Hader out at the beginning of our season altogether, our bullpen would probably be just the same as the Cubs or Cardinals, which has been horrific the first 10 games of the year. I mean, even the Cardinals, they signed Andrew Miller for two years, $25 million, which is something apparently Kimbrell's not even going to get. And uh, he's been terrible. Just like they're signing Greg Howard last year, kind of at the last minute, they, they signed Andrew Miller, and it's completely blowing up on their face so far. Obviously, he could uh, write the ship, but, um, I mean, thank goodness we're not going through those issues uh, because, we, I mean, that's what I mean. Just so valuable a player Josh Hader is. Um, him and Yelich, uh, I mean, wow, unbelievable that we have those guys on our team. I think it's really going to uh, – we're going to have a great season because of those guys and all, everyone else that spends uh, the built around them. Very excited for this year. Hey, um, did you guys hear it all from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, about how serious the Brewers' interest in Kimbrell is at this point? Uh, Mr. Carter, 
Tommy, let's me call him, but um, he he said that he thinks the Bird are still one of three teams that quote unquote check in on Kimbrel, and and it's like he basically called it whenever they're gonna call. He thinks Kimbrel will sign within the next three weeks. So he called me, but uh, take that for what it's worth. Worth quite a bit from our anonymous source. It's great. Thanks, thanks, Craig. Yeah, so, I mean, um, looking ahead to now the next upcoming week, uh, the Brewers uh, set out on their first lengthy road trip of six games, and they're going out to the West Coast. They play the Angels for three games and then the Dodgers. Um, what are your guys' predictions on this week? How do you think the Brewers will do in the six games that we have to play before uh, next Sunday? Um, you know, it worked well when I picked it last Sunday, so I'm just going to say we win two or three from both both, uh, both teams. So we'll say a four and two week uh, against two pretty good teams, and I, I especially the Dodgers, they can be very much a thorn in our side. But um, I think the Brewers are going to come in with a little extra motivation against the Dodgers uh, of Los Angeles after last year's NLCS. Well, um I think maybe uh, Yasmani Grandal might have a little extra motivation as well. Um, but I, I'm going to go with three and three. I've just seen so many years. Last year was not one of them, thankfully. But so many years where the Brewers have that West Coast road trip and just get slaughtered. It's a tough trip to make. And um, I, I'm going to say three and three. And I think even that might be optimistic. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say three and three, two, Scott. I, I hope I'm wrong and that Vince is right, but or I hope we go six. No, actually, but uh, the the Angels pitching staff is not that great. Um, so I think that we have an advantage there in those games. Um, and outside of, obviously, they have the best player on the planet, Mike Trout, though. Um, beyond that, I think I think we can definitely win that series. The Dodgers, um, they're tough at home and their offense has been pretty, you know, pretty outstanding so far. Uh, Cody Bellinger basically has been going off so far, and uh, they have a lot of other contributors. Um, even their new catcher, Austin Barnes, has been hitting fairly well. Um, so their lineup is pretty stacked up and down, and Kershaw should be coming back this week. But, you know, if he makes his first start against us for the season, that's fine because I don't think he's going to go more five innings or something like that, and he'll probably be a little rusty. Um, if indeed he does get a start by next weekend here in the bigs, but, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think three and three is about right. Um, but then we got a big homestand coming up, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yep. Should be an yep, that's right. Great. Craig, have you been out to the stadium yet this year? Um, yes. Uh, not so game though. <laughs> I want to buy. What? I'm going to be going. I'm going to be going to. Uh, um, Don't say a Billy games in, in late April and May, but um, yeah, definitely looking forward to. Um, I know you've been out there a couple of times. It's awesome, awesome games. I've seen the first home stand against the Cardinals. Uh, walk off catch, yeah, walk off hit. So pretty amazing. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, a work trip got delayed a bit, so I was able to get back. I was. Um, Really excited since I don't get back to Miller Park, unfortunately, all too often. I had to, like, squeeze in as many games as I possibly could in a weekend. So I uh, went to three or four against the Cardinals last week, and that was 
That was pretty exciting. I'm uh, trying. I think I'm going to head up to New York to get the uh, Brewers on the road against the Mets at the end of April. Um, is the current plan. So that that might be a fun one as well. But yeah, no, great to great to see the crew um, uh, in Milwaukee. And yeah, really excited for for this season, guys. I think it's going to be a special one again. And like Scott said, with the more games coming up this month against the Cardinals and Cubs, I think we got need to keep the foot on throttle and uh, not let them kind of climb back toward us toward the top of the division and if we could you know maintain our add to that separation we've already created it'd be awesome going into because our schedule does get easier um starting about the middle of may and uh you know you can't you know schedule you can say they're easier but these are also major league baseball clubs i mean even the marlins are you know said they're gonna be terrible this year i think they're like 500 already and uh you know so no games are easy, but I think that this first stretch, the Brewers are, you know, they're doing great already. I think if they keep it up, we're going to be in the driver's seat for much of the season. I think that's a great place to be. You know, and, and one of the other stats, and uh, we had the interns put it out on, on Twitter earlier tonight, Craig, is that the Brewers are now 3-0 and in series play. And, you know, I think the old mantra in baseball, if you can win every series or, you know, win series, um, that leads to the playoffs. So the Brewers are, are again, very, very early in the year, but 3-0 and in series play so far. So, uh, I'm, I'm very happy and pleased with that. It's tough to see a team, you know, lose against your rival like we did, you know, on Saturday night against the Cubs, for instance. But you take it all with a grain of salt, man. It's a long season, and um, to go 2-1, and one, win the series, I think is, is huge. And, again, 3-0 and in series play is the best way you can possibly start the year unless you're undefeated. Oh, and just that mentality of, like, speaking of, like, today's game, um, you get in, you have your starter go five or six innings, and uh, as long as the Brewers have a – couple of run lead um knowing that you got josh Hader looming in that bullpen as a brewer fan you just have this confidence that you know it's gonna he's gonna be pitching and we're gonna be winning this game and that's kind of how i felt today even after uh, davies gave up the home run to to you know make it four or two i just felt like our bullpen's got it for today and um obviously having Hader pitch two and two thirds i didn't see that coming but um huge win today i i think that the cubs fans are Gonna be in for a long season. Um, I, I do not think that they're making the playoffs this year. I just that's, they don't they don't strike me as they're great of a team, especially if you Darvish cannot throw strikes. So, well, one more um, quick fun stat. Um, when we were talking, since we were talking so much about bullpen arms and how quickly it can all change for you, um, the Cubs did send down Carl Edwards Jr. to hopefully get uh, well hopefully for them to be able to fix whatever is broken with him. Uh, he gave up 15 runs all of last year and was a vital part of their bullpen. He's already given up six in an inning and two thirds this year. And he is just, uh, he has an area of 32.4. Unbelievable. So uh, yeah, when, when one of your best bullpen arms wow. doing that, that's, you know, you're going to wind up being two and seven to start the year. Wow, <laughs> crazy stat there, Scott. I didn't realize. Yeah, there's been a lot of teams that was quite that high. Yeah, there's been some teams that have stumbled out the the the, uh, the gate here. I mean, basically, uh, the Red Sox I think have only won two games, and then there's a surprise teams like the Mariners, who I think are like nine and two or something like that, have like the best record in baseball by like a half game over us. But um, 
I don't think that's going to maintain. But, I mean, to me, the Brewers look like the best team in the NL. Uh, the Dodgers and the Phillies, I said, look pretty strong to me. But I, I think if I had to, you know, those three teams, I think are going to be hands-down playoff teams. That, um, who else will sneak in? It'll probably be, you know, a team like the Cardinals or something like that. But um, beyond that, yeah, there's not too many teams in the – I mean, even the Braves, I think the Braves also have a playoff caliber team. But they're, they're – you know, there's not that many teams in the NL. Like the, the Giants look pretty terrible as well. So um, the Padres, I think, are another team that could surprise the fact that they're going with their youth movement and they're, you know, going full throttle with some of their guys and their main Machado signing. They, they could be a surprise team as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, it's still so early. It's very hard to say. I don't think anybody's a lock yet, or obviously at this point in the year. But um, I do find that it, it's it's interesting the teams that. You know, like you pointed out, Craig, the Red Sox, everybody expected expected the Red Sox pretty much just to come in and, and if not clean house in the AL East, at least be a definite playoff contender. But, yeah, a lot of these teams have started slow. I, I know that New York uh, took a couple games on the chin against the Orioles the first week of the year. It's 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 baseball. Anything can happen. So, yeah, it's, it's always interesting, and it's fun to see some of the teams that maybe don't get talked about quite as much, um, you know, around at least national publications have some time. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays are currently leading the AL East right now. Yeah, and they're they're doing it in a similar fashion with uh, you know relying on a, a a bullpen usage basically to do it, and they've got a couple of really good starters. And beyond that, um, yeah, they're definitely have a different they're doing it with different philosophy than other teams have been doing it traditionally. So we'll see if they can keep that up. But I really feel like the Brewers have the best team in the NL really so far. And again, um, we shall see. But it's going to be a great season, I think. So anything else you guys want to talk about or are we doing on time there, Scott? Well, that is all the time we have, unfortunately. So definitely want to thank all those fun people that are listening to this podcast and five-star ratings and following us on Twitter at Review and then the number one, and then emailing in their questions at Podcast with an S at gmail.com, all that fun stuff. Thank you so much, guys. Really, really, really appreciate it. Um, it's so great to talk like this and, Talk Brewers with you when the team is doing so awesome. Thank you. Go Brewers. Go Brewers.